0: on this episode of the james quandall show
1: when you're like i'm i'm just i'm really tired you know but that's when you know if you're if you're made of this your entrepreneur self kicks in and you're like nope i'm i'm gonna see this baby through i'm gonna keep pushing i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna pick up my tenacious self and keep going because i believe in this
0: Lori o'hara is the founder and ceo of olita natural sun care Lori is on a mission to revolutionize sun care, making it cleaner and safer for humans and our planet. Funny story from a couple weeks ago, after I got back from Expo, my wife and I, basically the day after we got back, we went out to the beach. One of my favorite things to do to reconnect after traveling, get back my circadian rhythm, get back on my sleep cycle, is to get out to the beach as the sun's coming up and walk barefoot for as long as possible. But what surprised me, and I thought, like, wow, I can't wait to talk to you about this, was it was eight in the morning, and there was a family of four that was spraying themselves head to toe with sunscreen that from 500 feet away, the wind was blowing towards me. I could smell mm-hmm. it. And then they were off the beach like 40 minutes later. Like when I came back, they were gone. But I could still smell the sunscreen in the air. Right, right. And I was like, do they need that that early in the morning? And should I be smelling it an hour later? Right.
1: Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, certainly, I mean, Alita does not have any... um, Spray sunscreens. You know, we only have mineral. Um, A lot of doctors are warning against um, spray sunscreens because you can aspirate them, you know, just like clearly you were doing from 500 feet downwind you know so so you know so we we don't intentionally because that, and i know a lot of people love the the sprays because they're so convenient and you know they're they're so efficient you know you cover a lot of skin real estate with a with a quick spray but you know we intentionally don't have any any sprays until we can find you know um a very safe and clean ingredients list that can effectively deliver that so and then also just like um your your whole commentary on the on the fragrance of it, you know, fragrance is one of of the the biggest offenders in terms of um, toxic ingredients. So, um, you know, none of our sunscreens have any added um, fragrance. It's, you know, all all fragrance-free. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy that you had that experience at eight in the morning.
0: Yeah. So the sun was only up for a half hour at that point. Are we at risk of ill effects from the sun that early in the morning? I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's clearly, um, less, but you know, you, you are supposed to apply, um, sunscreen a half hour before, um, your, out in the sun so it wasn't necessarily a bad idea that they were doing that and then you know the once the sun's rays are out you know you're starting to get those um uva and uvb rays so it wasn't necessarily a bad idea that they were applying it you know that early but you know i question maybe the the um integrity of the of whatever sunscreen they were applying
0: yeah i i don't I don't know what it was like a coconutty smell yeah. or something, but it's like when I walk down the aisle at the grocery store past like the cl- household cleaning products aisle and I just start gagging mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll sneeze because it, I just become so sensitive yeah. to those, those products right. and, um, you know, a sunscreen. So if, if it's a mineral based sunscreen, do you still apply it? To your entire like all exposed areas sure. like what how, what's the recommended way to do that
1: yeah yeah all exposed areas um for sure yeah and so you know m- basically what mineral sunscreen is is um it's a physical layer between your your skin and the sun and it it'll also reflect it so it's it's creating a block versus um a chemical which will be absorbed into your skin and mixes with your your skin's chemistry to, to block the sun that way. It's a, it's a chemical reaction or a chemical, um, um, kind of utility to, to, you know, kind of, um, block the sun instead of a physical barrier. So that's the difference. And, um, so, you know, definitely apply um, sunscreen to all exposed areas and, you know, you should reapply, um, you know, every at least, you know, 90 minutes to 120 minutes. And, you know, depending on what the SPF factor is, and, you know, whether it's water resistant or not, and how many minutes water resistant it is, whether you've been sweating or swimming or toweling off, and, you know, kind of all of those factors um, go into play about how often you should reapply to really avoid a burn.
0: Okay. And what about for families with small children or with babies? What do you recommend for getting outside? Do you recommend using sunscreen um, 30 minutes before even going outside at all? Or do you think a little bit of sun exposure is okay?
1: I mean, um, yes. I mean, the sun is great in terms of, you know, it's, it gives us vitamin D and, you know, it's, it's great for, you know, all kinds of things. I mean, everything living needs, needs the sun, right? Um, What, what sunscreen is really just trying to do is, you know, avoid skin damage. And, you know, we all know that, the sun exposure is the leading cause of skin cancer. And so so it's just really try, trying to help mitigate that. And, and of course, any kind of, you know, sunburns, which are painful. Um, but in terms of babies, um, you know, um, dermatologists recommend that um, you only apply sunscreen to babies who are six months old or older, or ask, a pediatrician or a dermatologist. So we do have a baby sunscreen and we have that clearly um, written on there not to apply to, you know, babies that are younger than six months old or to ask a pediatrician. But yeah, I mean, you definitely want to be very careful with that very young, fragile, (laughs) brand new skin. And so, yeah. So for example, our, our baby sunscreen is SPF 50, which is a higher SPF. And, and of course it's organic and only zinc oxide as the active ingredient, And so it's very pure and healthy and everything, but that's, that's kind of the deal with, with babies and sunscreen.
0: So is the way, is the way that works is you kind of said, you said minerals. So is the zinc mineral too large then to be absorbed into the skin? Is that how it works?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, and then there's, there's nano and non-nano and we have non-nano, um, zinc oxide. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, it's just basically creating that, you know, um, that physical barrier. And then again, so sometimes you'll hear, um, zinc oxide Sunscreens described as um, non-chemical, mineral, physical, and it's because of the zinc oxide, which is which is a mineral. Zinc oxide is a mineral. And so um, zinc oxide is never going to be um, organic um, because it's not a bio um, ingredient, right? It's a mineral. Like you just don't, you don't have um, organic copper. And you don't have organic (laughs) silver. So, you know, that's not a thing. So zinc oxide is also not organic because it's just not biosourced, right? And But everything else that goes into the sunscreen to, you know, blend it into your body and your skin, um, all of our ingredients are organic. So that's that's what does make it organic.
0: Got it. So where do you get the zinc from then?
1: So we manufacture um, all of our products in um, the United States. And our organic sunscreens um, are made in Taos, New Mexico.
0: That's neat. And then I was doing a little research. My wife is the Environmental Working Group's website. Before she'll buy any hair product, makeup product, skin product, cleaner, anything, she goes over to that website and looks it up. And I saw that the majority of your products were EWG certified, which they have like a level one through 10, one being the best, unless you're EWG certified, which is even one step further. Um, and then 10 being those smelly products that you're probably uh, used to smelling in the grocery store that make you gag. So I was really impressed to see that you were on there with your product. So is that a, a conscious, like, did you, were you consciously trying to build a product that would be safe and healthy? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That was definitely part of our, our brand origin that, you know, we, we started with, um, you know, wanting to be clean. And that's one of the reasons we've been expanded into, you know, some sunscreens and some other products, uh, product lines is just looking for just trying to create a cleaner option out there. Um, non-chemical, but in terms of, yeah, gosh, we've been working with UWG for, I want to say about five years now, and yeah, that's one of the things that we did very early on. So EWG, Environmental Working Group, nonprofit, and um, you know, just a little background and a little plug for them is that um, they're really filling the void of, um, I would say, you know, kind of a a lack of regulation in the United States uh, in terms of um, banning ingredients that are known to be toxic to people, animals. You know, planet. And so, you know, roughly in in this country, there are about 12 or 14 ingredients that are banned from use in cosmetics and personal care items. And so, in comparison, um, if you look at the EU or UK and some other, you know, stricter countries like Japan, Australia, it's more like 12,000 ingredients so so that's huge and you know not that all of those ingredients are being used um but you know there's just a, a much more rigorous um you know policy of what they'll allow in ingredients in the eu versus here so all of that said ewg is filling the void of what you know our government isn't necessarily doing in terms of regulating ingredients or banning ingredients from use. And so they will, and there are other organizations that do this too, like Think Dirty and, you know, they'll really evaluate the ingredients, their entire ingredients list. Um, They'll also look at, you know, whether you do animal testing, are you cruelty free? Are you ethically manufactured? And so there's, you know, quite a process to become EWG verified. And so, um, you know, we've submitted um, two of our products. They're no longer doing sunscreens. Um, for verification because they don't want to be liable for the efficacy of the SPF level. And, and there's, you know, a lot of talk about, you know, what SPF level should be the maximum. And, you know, I think, you know, even the FDA is talking about limiting it to just SPF 55 and not going beyond that because the, the, um, um SPF levels once you go higher higher, higher are are just negligible. They're, they're really not, it's not like double effective if you get to, you know, an SPF 175. It's it's not like, you know, and so they're they're just there's some talk about that. But um yeah, EWG has used to um have EWG verified products in sunscreens, but they no longer do. So we have um, ones with those and obviously, you know, our after sun um, has um, EWG verified status because just super clean stuff. And even, even the fragrance um, in our soothing citrus is all natural so it's a wonderful fragrance but it is actually natural and subtle
0: (laughs) yeah i want to talk more about your other products in a moment but before that why was it important to you to have a brand that had healthy ingredients and then you also mentioned the earth so i'd like to also hear what you're doing to protect the planet because i know that's also really important to you but why why do you why do you want to make such healthy products why was that a goal
1: Yeah. I I would just say, you know, it's, it's very simply, um, you know, mom inspired, um, you know, kind of, you know, I buy organic food and beverages, you know, organic milk and have been doing that. And, you know, let's just not forget that, you know, we consume everything that we put on our skin. It gets into our bodies, into our bloodstream. So, you know, we consume through what we drink, eat, you know, um, and breathe, but we also do consume through our biggest organ, our skin. So it's, you know, to me, it was very important to um, create products that were clean and healthy, non-toxic. You know, we started out with mineral and then we took it up a level to, you know, not just be um, mineral, but also organic and certified, NSF certified organic, so it was just, um, it's just part of our, our brand ethos to be very conscious and deliberate about having clean ingredients so that you can trust our brand and trust our ingredients and know that what is in there is going to be clean and um, healthy for your skin. And then also, um, you know, just our, our mission to also have very clean ingredients for the earth. Um, we're a big um, water sports family. So we scuba dive and kite surf and paddleboard and sail, crew, swim, you got it. It's just, we do all of those good things. So protecting our playground is also really important to us. And um, <clears throat> people may or may not know that um, chemical sunscreens are uh, one of the main culprits for you know, really killing um, a lot of coral reefs um, around the world. So, you know, it's estimated that around 14,000 tons of sunscreen wind up on coral reefs. And you see um, coral reefs that are turning gray and basically dying. And it's it's a very um, fragile ecosystem that's one of the, you know, kind of foundations for the rest of ocean life. And How like, is it
0: ending up there? Is it just, washing off of people's skin or correct. are they just... Le-
1: Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's as simple as that, just um, washing off of people's skin and, and um, you know, it's, it's not just that it's also the warming um, temperatures of the oceans that's contributing to loss of coral life. But, you know, sunscreen is just, it's very, it's, it's toxic to humans. It's toxic to um, coral reefs, which is, you know, just, like I said, a very fragile ecosystem. And it's a foundation to other um, sea life right and so if we if we aren't careful to protect coral reefs you know it's 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 really going to go up the food chain and then also let's not forget that you know coral reefs are one of the first lines of defense against hurricanes in terms of you know you know helping <laughs> to yeah. prevent more damage to um on land as as those come in so So there's all kinds of reasons why, you know, I just love, um, I I love to scuba dive and there's nothing, you know, more gorgeous under, under the surface of the water than just a beautiful, colorful reef and all the gorgeous fish. And, you know, so, um, so it's kind of personal that way. And then, you know, what our brand does is that we do give back to the Coral Reef Alliance on every sale that comes through our website. And so we're, we're trying to protect Coral reefs with our ingredients, and we're trying to protect coral reefs with giving back from a portion of our sales.
0: So, do you have a favorite place that you've gone scubaing?
1: Yes, I do. I, it would have to be Bonaire, without a doubt.
0: Was that so, is where is that at?
1: So yeah, so that's in the Caribbean. So you have your your Dutch ABC islands. So there's Aruba, Bonaire, and Curaçao, and so just Bonaire was just fabulous. It was just teeming with you know, tropical fish and just, you know, everywhere you go, it was just amazing. I mean, that, that would actually be a great place to snorkel because it's, I mean, there was the sea life there was abundant, So that was just. And,
0: and how do you get there? Do you have to fly into Aruba and then take a boat over or can you get
1: yeah, there directly? I think I, I, it's It's been a while since I've been there. But yeah, I mean, usually, yeah, you, you, you go through either Puerto Rico or Miami and then, you know, I think they have flights right into Bonaire. It's a small island, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was great.
0: And the products, your product, for instance, when you get in the water while it's on your skin and some of that's going to come off too, won't it? Well, does that harm the, the ecosystem at all?
1: No, no. So, you know, I, again, all of our, um, non, um, you know, non, um, mineral, um, ingredients are, organic and therefore just you know non-chemical, non-toxic. So that's fine. And then zinc oxide being the only active ingredient. I, I will tell you that we did have dimethicone in an earlier formulation of our sunscreen, which is the ingredient that will um, kind of make the um, sunscreen more emollient and kind of thin out the viscosity and help it spread on your skin a little bit better, but that is not biodegradable. So we took it out. And, you know, so we are really trying to evaluate every single ingredient, make sure it's not doing any harm to people or planet. And then what we did to help the viscosity and thin it out is we just in the whole um, formulation and preparation um, before getting the, the sunscreen into the tubes is there's this whole homogenization process, which is basically spitting it and just did it a lot longer. So it would thin it out so that it's, it's still, you know, creamy and very emollient on your skin. But, um, you know, so, so yes, very clean ingredients when they do come off your, your skin and go into the water, no harm to people or planet. And, you know, that's kind of what we did to mitigate the the taking out um, and removing the dimethicone.
0: And then you're also taking some of your, your sales and contributing back to restoration of coral. So tell me more about that, because that's really neat that you're yeah. not only selling a product that's not going to damage the coral reefs, but then you're paying to restore the coral reefs from your competitors who are making products that are destroying them.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, we're, we're in the Bay Area, right? Olita's um, um, out of uh, Marin County in San Rafael. California and right across the bay is the Coral Reef Alliance. And so, um, what the Coral Reef Alliance does is, you know, they are an organization, um, that has, you know, scientists, community activists. So they're just really, um, working to, um, you know, through education and awareness, make people aware of what you can do and not do to protect coral reefs. And they're also doing a lot of restoration around the world. I mean, not just locally here, but around the world to try to um, um, work to rehabilitate coral reefs. So to bring them back.
0: Hmm. Okay. And why do you think, like, what do we need to do to really educate the public as a whole about the different sunscreens, because if you go to Walmart or Target or wherever, if you go look at the end caps, it's usually going to be a huge end cap at the beginning of summer of something that's not safe and not clean for people or planet. So what what do we need to do or what are you doing to try to reeducate people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, well, I mean, you have places like Hawaii that have legislatively banned the sale of chemical sunscreens there. You know that's a, a state that's very connected to their environment, and they, um, the the local population there, said no, not here. You know, so they've banned it legislatively. So that's that's one answer. And I know that um, the Florida Keys are doing the same thing. A lot of island nations, the same thing in the Caribbean. So, you know, it is happening, I would say, legislatively to ban toxic ingredients um, and toxic sunscreens. And, you know, if you don't have that kind of legislation where you live, then, you know, in terms of consumer awareness, thank goodness it is growing. People are becoming more and more aware because I know when I do a trade show, or if I do, you know, even a, a pop-up somewhere, occasionally um, people will say, is this reef safe? Um, you wouldn't hear that question five years ago or even necessarily three years ago. So there is more and more consumer awareness, um, which, is, which is great. So that's happening. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're just, um, there needs to be more you know, there, there needs to be more consumer awareness. And then I think what would be amazing too, is if, you know, the companies who are making the chemical sunscreens, if they would just really, um, convert their formulation to non-chemical, I mean, there's no reason to have chemical sunscreens anymore. I mean, everything could easily go to, um, the, the mineral, um, which, which is, which brings me to kind of another thought, and a lot of the reason why people want um, the chemical sunscreens is because people don't necessarily like the white cast or the white tint of the, the zinc oxide. And what we have done and, you know, some other brands have as well as we, we have tinted and, you know, so it's, we have a light tint, a medium tint, a dark tint. So really to cover every skin tone. And it just it won't give you that white cast anymore. And it's they're very um, organic and natural tints. It's just iron oxide. So it's not, it's not a self tanner. It's just, you know, a tent to kind of, you know, balance out the white of the zinc oxide.
0: I didn't know that that was a thing because (laughs) when I put it on my face and it gets stuck in my beard or something, I look like I've got, you know, a snowy gray beard or something. So
1: I know, I know. I mean, you see, you know, white skinned and fair skinned people looking even whiter than ever and then people of color and you know dark skin people kind of turn like a a, a, a purple or or a gray and so you know no, nobody nobody necessarily um loves that look so so we're we're trying to um you know provide an alternative to the 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 pasty white cast and you know so we have again light medium and dark so
0: That's really neat. I didn't know that. And, and then the um, environmental working group, just to kind of close that my, what my wife does is she has the app on her phone and she'll go to target. And if she's looking for a new shampoo, she changes shampoos a lot and um, to try new ones. And she'll just kind of scan the different barcodes and it will pop up right on the screen and show what the number is. So you can do that with the sunscreens. You can do that with soap. You can do it with shampoo. You can do it with cleaning products. And I think that's a great way as a consumer to find what's good, because it is really hard, even as a knowledgeable consumer myself, to things can get disguised and things that you think might be good for you aren't. And they may be labeled and may look like a clean, safe for people and for the planet product. But then you get it home and look it up on EWG and it's a 10 out of 10. Like it's a it's 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 a cancerous potential product. So. Um, right, it's, right. It's... Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. EWG does such a good job of of really um, evaluating products and looking at each individual um, ingredient and rating it, you know, on, and, and on a whole bunch of different levels. Yeah. And then and then also um, Think Dirty is the other app that will also you know allow you to scan a bar code and give you a rating and we um we just um got into think dirty with we just um you know just put in three SKUs and um we have zero rating there which is their best or cleanest rating and so that's also exciting you know we have our our baby SPF 50 sunscreen and our fragrance-free after sun and then our golden amber we just uh, put into think dirty so that's another that's another um app that you can take anywhere and just scan the barcode and it'll tell you what it is
0: so what is the after sun i'm looking at that now and it looks like it's some kind of a hydration serum but what what is it exactly and why would i want to use it
1: exactly yeah so you know it's it's um after sun body serum. So it's a very light oil and it is wonderful actually for everyday hydration. You know, so, you know, for example, I, I, and I know a ton of, you know, customers just use it for everyday use instead of say a lotion, right? Because it is very light and it absorbs quickly. Um, and then it's, um, also all of the ingredients in our after sun, are specifically sourced and curated to help with and very angry sunburn to tone it down and really restore skin, bring the nutrients back into the skin. So we have aloe vera leaf oil, coconut oil, uh, safflower seed oil, grapeseed oil, um, and you know just a lot of other plant extracts that are known like their medicinal properties are for anti-inflammation and really calming soothing so it's it's just it's a great um after sun serum to put on just if your your skin's dry say with you know winter skin you know and a lot of parts of you know not california but a lot of other parts of the of the country get you know really really dried out because you know it's Um, the, you know, the heat's on in the house and, you know, you just get drier skin in the winter, right? In California, it rains a lot. And so it's definitely not our dry season, but um, you know, it's, it's just a really great um, everyday hydration or uh, after sun exposure serum.
0: Yeah. I like that. It has the aloe vera leaf oil because I've been actually traveling a lot lately, and when I fly on planes or when I go to the north, uh, you know, where I live, it's like 90 percent humidity most of the year. And so I start to dry up and I've been taking this aloe vera and just kind of rubbing it on my face, putting it in my nostrils. And it helps so much with that drying. It's it's unbelievable.
1: Yes, I I, I mean, I love um, our after sun so much. It's- probably my favorite product actually in the whole line. But um, you know, it's, it's, you know, the kind of the the genesis and and the the thought behind this is I really dislike the the aloe vera gels because they're so sticky and, you know, they were just um I don't know, really gummy on your skin. And so this is, you know, the same kind of effects of you know calming and restoring skin um with just a very light touch oil so it just it absorbs into your skin it's not it's not greasy at all and so that was kind of what we aim to do here was kind of um get away from the the stickiness of aloe vera gels
0: yeah and then what's next do you think for this category of this skin category what are you seeing or what do you expect to happen in the future
1: You know, I think, you know, our, our growth is probably going to be in terms of, in terms of um, product development is going to be in other sunscreens, you know, so, you know, maybe different sizes or different tints or different SPS levels, you know, that kind of thing. Um, You know, we have a lot of ideas there. Um, I think that we're also um, going to look at, you know, not sure when in the future, but we've always been talking about, you know, um, a hair hydration Cause you know, your, your hair does get exposed out in the elements, you know, when you're, when you're outside, whether it's the beach or hiking or whatever you're doing outside. So something for that, um, or even
0: when you're swimming in a pool, your hair gets, I mean, a lot of times if you're using sunscreen, you may not be at the beach, you may be at a pool and mm-hmm. that chlorine does a number on your hair.
1: Yeah, especially if you're blonde, you know. I remember my my sister was little and swimming a lot in the pool. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, your hair is green with a touch of blonde." So, <laughs> and so, yeah, you you have to watch that. But um yeah, so we're just, we're that's that's something, you know, that's in the hopper. We're just thinking about, "Hey, you know, what about what about hair and doing something that's um very nutritious and protective for for hair as well." And, um, you know, I have to say that our, our most popular um, product line so far with the Alita is our first one, which is the Beach Be Gone. And so I would say that um, that's that's something that we, we're super hyper focused on as well. Um, so the Beach Be Gone is how Alita started. And it was just basically we took a surfer secret of, um, baby powder at the beach to wick away sand and moisture. And we created our own proprietary blend of absorbent body powders. We moved away from talc and it's, um, just a really, really nice, um, body powder, very soft and soothing on the skin. It just wicks away, you know, sand, salt water, which is very sticky. Um, and that's why sand adheres to your skin so much is because of the salt water, which is so sticky on your skin if you're at the ocean. And so it just like brushes, you just sprinkle it on, brush it away and the beach be gone. So it's just, you know, the tagline for this product is leave the sand at the beach.
0: Does the sand need to be completely dried on your skin before you use this? No. I can't believe I haven't tried this yet because... I always get into the car. I don't go to the spray fountains because I just, I can't, that gets my feet even sandier, actually, or dirtier than, than just, so I just go into the car and kind of brush it off and then wash my feet when I get home. But then the car is always full of sand every single time.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, just me being, you know, a mom with young kids living on the coast of California, you know, we just took that. Surface secret and we just did our own little, um, you know, kind of powder messing around, trying out different combinations, you know, what was not gonna be too gooey or, you know, just it's something that felt, felt really soft on your skin. So, so we, we, we did that with all of our um, body, with our body powders and the beach be we, we have coconuts, um, tangerine, uh, cool surf, of course, fragrance free. Um, and we have a kids one as well. And basically, um, all of our fragrances, by the way, are natural and essential oils and organic and everything. Um, our powders are very clean. Again, we moved away from tell.
0: That's, I do have a question about that because this a lot of times I notice that healthy brands will say fragrance and it doesn't tell you that some oftentimes that it's an an essential oil. It's just like a peppermint oil or something like that. And, and you notice on a not good quality product, they have fragrance too. So how do you tell the, which ones are good and which ones are bad if you're just a consumer?
1: It's very hard to tell. It's very hard to tell with fragrance because, you know, unless the fragrance, um, ingredients are actually stated, it's, it's kind of impossible to tell if it's like a synthetic fragrance or if it's a natural fragrance. So I would say the normal or average consumer should just have a look at what is in the fragrance, the actual ingredients that are creating this fragrance. So, you know, so for example, you know, we say, you know, um, You know, citrus essential oil, and you know we call it out what it is, and or coconut um, essential oil, and so that's that's what you can do to see if it's synthetic or natural.
0: Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that was your first product.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's still our best seller, so yeah.
0: So did you expect all of this, all this other growth and all these other products when you first were doing that? Were you just kind of doing it for yourself? Uh, You know, this is a very entrepreneurial podcast and a lot of the listeners are small business owners or people with ideas. So how did that go from idea to what you have now?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I I think it was, um, well, you know, it was something that we just, did and it was very much my side hustle for a while so i was just you know kind of doing this on the side with you know sales but you know wasn't i wasn't giving a lot of time love or attention to olita in the early days and it was just yeah it was just very much my my side hustle but it was really fun and i loved doing it and loved creating and loved um you know just really um making products that are good safe good and safe for people and planet. So, you know, just move from the beach be gone into, um, the other product categories within sun care, because I just really, um, you know, just being an active outdoor family, wanted to create things that were, that I knew were clean and safe for my family as well as other families. So, um, that's, that's how we started It's and, and, you know, with most entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's quite a journey, you know, it's not overnight. And so, you know, we've um, been at this for a while and just, you know, know, gradually growing our product line over the years, you know, so we, I mean, for, for years, it was just Beach Be Gone. And, and that was, and that was fun. So, and then we moved into all of these other um, product categories to create a complete line. So, you know, you have something for before, during and after sun.
0: How, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur that's just starting out with one idea being as you created this whole catalog now from-,
1: from Yeah, I mean, for, for entrepreneurs that are just starting out, um, you know, if, if, you, if you have a good idea, really know, like really know, <laughs> what makes you better, faster, cheaper, or more expensive than what justifies that, right? How are you better um, relative to the competition and never uh, underestimate the competition? And so just really do kind of an amazing, you know, scan out there of who your competitors are and never forget that um, another competitor is just consumers choosing to do nothing, you know? And so it's, it's just, um i think the wisest thing that you can do as an entrepreneur starting out is have a great understanding of your industry and i would say um this is not something that i did but i was re- i would really recommend it is 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 have some experience paid experience within your industry first because then you understand the sales cycles and the trends and the, the cash flow cycles of, you know, a, a typical 12 month annualized cycle. And, you know, just really understanding the business side of whatever fabulous product or product category you're creating.
0: So you had a lot to learn is what you're saying when you uh-huh. did this.
1: <laughs> I did have a lot to learn. I feel like I know a lot now, but I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't. Know a lot when I started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but are you mentoring new entrepreneurs now that are working on products in this category at all?
1: Um, not at this time. I have done a lot of mentoring before. Um, you know, I have, you know, both with um young entrepreneurs, um, and gosh, you know, I mean, I'm in my 50s, but there there are entrepreneurs that are starting really at every age. So, you know, they could be young or they could be just, you know, young into the journey, right? Um, and so I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a great way to, to pay it forward is, is to mentor, um, you know, definitely, you know, interns that we have working with us. I mean, there's definitely some mentoring going on there, which is awesome. You know, I feel like, you know, if, if you, if you go on to work, um, with another company in this category or in a different category, you're going to learn a lot here.
0: Yeah. And the competitors, I loved what you said. And I just want to reiterate, or, and reiterate it. Uh, your competitor could also be just your c- customer not paying attention to your story. Like that is a competition as well. But then- That
1: is a competition. Yeah. The,
0: um, the and that's just a, such a nice point. And there's also these mammoths that can go, oh, wow, this category is really starting to heat up. I'm going to go put out one and put it right on the shelf, right next to my chemical laden right. one and just destroy the the other folks have you seen and that happen and with this yet
1: yeah i mean that's that's always <clears throat> a risk in being um an indie brand right is having a much bigger player come in and you know just pay to keep you out that's a thing um you know with 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 mass retail um you know there are a lot of ways that um bigger competitors with you know, several multiples of my advertising budget or, and, you know, a small indie brand budget can just really outspend you in so many different ways. Right. And, um, I would say that what I am seeing a lot more of, and this is kind of new is that there is, um, a focus. It's still very nascent, but it's, I am starting to see more of a small business focus. Um, from bigger retailers that are trying to discover new brands and i think that it's a little bit uh consumer led i mean look at look at shark tank you know i mean look at what that's done for so many indie brands um that didn't exist you know years ago um where you you had an opportunity to highlight new brands that were just starting out so you you do see um retailers that Prefer to bring on the smaller indie brands, you know that that are going to be either more organic or cleaner or more sustainable or something like that. So there is kind of a movement afoot to see yeah. indie brands make it.
0: Yeah, I think that's great because it's brands like that that are actually pushing the boundaries and and right. testing with the markets what people are wanting and we talked a lot about just sun care and skin care but this is happening i'm i'm seeing what what you're doing in every single category oh, of yeah. products just yes. natural products as a whole yes and um, we need to spend our money on these types of products to send okay. the signal that this is what we want right. uh and it is what we want it is what i want at least
1: <laughs> yeah and and i think that that's how a lot of indie brands get started, you know, maybe they have, you know, this fabulous recipe from their grandmother that they, you know, turn into, you know, the next, you know, amazing sauce or chutney or what have you. And then, you know, I think that it's also um, a lot of entrepreneurs that are searching the market for something that they want and not finding it, you know, and then saying, well, you know, not everybody can do this or wants to do this, but says, you know, okay, I'm not finding it out there. I'm going to make it. You know, I know that that's something that my son did with an app. You know, he's just like, I I looked and looked and looked and I can't find this anywhere. So I'm going to make this app, you know? And so it's a, it's definitely a mindset to say, if I can't find it, (laughs) I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. And if you want it, then there has to be at least one other person like you out there. You just have to go find them.
1: 100%, 100%. Yeah. There's yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely um, a mindset. And then, you know, I would definitely say that, you know, with, with entrepreneurs and if you have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to your podcast, they would be shaking their heads and saying, you know, it takes a lot of tenacity to just like hang in there because, you know, it's, it's easier to work for somebody else, you know, for sure. Um, there are some great benefits to working for yourself, like, you know, the freedom and you just, you know, the, the, the the ability to create and all of that good stuff but but it's 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 hard yeah
0: it's hard to yeah i i'm nodding my head because i think about that all the time like man if i just went back to my retail career it's so easy because i'm not out there every single day having to create and push and believe Mm -hmm. there's a lot of self-doubt have you had self-doubt in this journey yourself as if like why why me
1: Oh sure. I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, when when cash flow gets a little tight, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, you know, can I, can we hang it cuz you know, we have we have bootstrapped Olita the whole journey." And so, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's times like that, you know, where you where you feel responsible for other people and you're, you know, just you're like, Hey, you know, we're such a great brand. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're the real deal here. You know, we just need to get more sales and distribution and all that stuff. And, and so it's, you know, certainly there are yeah moments when you're like, I'm, I'm just, I'm really tired, you know, but that's when, you know, if you're, if you're made of this, your entrepreneur self kicks in and you're like, Nope, I'm, I'm going to see this baby through. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pick up my tenacious self and keep going because I believe in this.
0: So what you're saying is uh, to be a successful entrepreneur, you had to be stubborn.
1: hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yes. Very stubborn, and, and, you know, and, and believe in yourself, you know, um, you know, and, and people, if, if, if it's, if it's truly something to believe in, right. You know, and, and you're not just, you know, another X, Y, Z, you know, but you got something different or better, keep it going, keep it going. It will, it will get there. I mean, I'm just seeing our growth since, you know, where we started and, you know, where we've come from and, you know, it's, it's getting better every year, but, you know, it is, yeah, I, I, I think it is good to call out like, do you ever feel self-doubt like that is it's a real thing, you know, because like you were saying, we were saying it is easier to work for somebody else and go back to the, the paycheck versus, you know, trying to get those people to pay you.
0: It is easier to do that. But I don't always know if it's safer, as we've seen with with a lot of my friends just losing their jobs or companies downsizing or Mm -hmm. unable to just keep paying people when and that can happen when you're self-employed too but at least Mm -hmm. when you're self-employed you you kind of know how that money's made and you know what you need to do to go make it oftentimes so yeah
1: yeah and i would say you know with i mean clearly the last 18 months or so have been weird i mean it's it's just whatever we've gone through um you know brands that have seen a windfall brands who have you know, seeing a huge contraction, you know, um, these are not regular years for historicals. But I think my point is that in normal times, it's, it's really good to have a fabulous forecast where you can, you know, say, okay, what is going to make my company grow year over year or quarter over quarter? What are my, what's my seasonality? Cause there's always seasonality in literally every industry And, you know, just forecasting so that you can prepare for, you know, the the valleys.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What what just uh, on that note, what do you think has helped your growth the most? Like what has gotten you the most reward for your time?
1: You know, um, I have to say I I love trade shows. I love trade shows um, because that human interaction and being able to say, hey, look at us this is what it looks like on your skin, you know, just actually um, having buyers or consumers just um, try out your product. And I think that when people try um, Alita products, they've kind of become evangelists and like, you know, unauthorized ambassadors and, you know, they love what we're doing and that we're a brand that gives back and, you know, so, so that's, that's been fun. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say that trade shows are my favorite because it is the opportunity to actually talk to consumers and buyers.
0: Yeah, and that's why we're talking right now. So it does seem to uh, work because that's where I found out about you at the Expo yeah. East up in Philly. And where can the listener learn more about you and your products? And what else would you want them to know um, before we sign off?
1: Yeah, so um, one thing um, that's that's really cool that we're doing is um, we are moving to biosourced and PCR packaging. So we really want to be not just clean on the inside, but clean on the outside. So we are gradually moving over from virgin plastic to um, biosourced, which is sugarcane, or um, PCR, which is post-consumer used plastic. And recycled plastic. So we are doing that. It's more expensive. But again, we're such a mission focused brand that we want to do that. There's, you know, an island the size of Texas out in the Pacific full of plastic. So we are trying to do our part to um, be super clean. And there's there is there is a, a movement, I will say, within the cosmetics and beauty industry to really reduce the amount of packaging and go to cleaner packaging, which is awesome. So we're part of that. And we um, are actually doing a, an equity crowdfunding campaign um, at the beginning of next year. So that, Oh
0: wow. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you too can own a part of Olita.
0: So (laughs) we can, we can do your own shark tank. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, please. Yes, And so, um, and part of that is going to, you know, all of the, the inventory with, you know, our cleaner um, packaging, primary packaging, um, you know, advertising, hiring staff, all that good stuff, all all the stuff that we need to do to grow and scale. And if you want to learn more about Olita, you can simply go to olitashop.com. That's our website where you can learn about us, learn about the brand see there um, that we do get back to the Coral Reef Alliance, buy your products from us there. We're also sold um, on Amazon and a lot of other online marketplaces, the W Marketplace, which is just a uh, woman owned brands. Um, Michelle, um, we're also in Fair, Tundra, um, a lot of different online market. Oh, another, another great one is the FSA store, where if you have a flexible spending account money, you can buy sunscreen there oh really i didn't know that yeah yeah so you can you know buy your you know your band-aids or your sunscreen or your you know your contact lenses. you know that kind of thing um your fsa spending so um our products that do not have spf are not available there but um the ones that do are and so yeah we're we're um and then we're we're really trying to grow our in-store presence Um, with our distributors and brokers um, heading into 2022.
0: Well, that's great. And I'll make sure to link to all those different places on the show notes for this episode, which will be over at quandall.com slash olita. That's quandall.com slash O-L-I-T-A. And I'll link to your store and to the Think Dirty website and to the EWG And also to the um, Coral, uh, remind me, it's the Coral Reef.
1: The Coral Reef uh, Alliance.
0: Alliance. Okay. So I'll Mm -hmm. link to that as well. And it's just so exciting what you're doing and it's so cool to be people and planet focused and then you're putting your money where your mouth is and yes. reimagining your product um, packaging to actually reflect that too. So yes. um, I, I, I think that's fantastic. And um, we'll be looking for that crowdfunding equity opportunity mm-hmm. in the, the new year. Do you know where that's going to be held? Like who's going to be hosting that?
1: Yeah, that's going to be on WeFunder.
0: Okay. I've seen them before. Very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, we're, well, that's we're, great. we're pretty much set up, but we don't want to launch a campaign in the middle of the holidays. So we're going to do it kind of, you know, kind of a new year, um, new campaign. And yeah, we're super excited about that. We're ready.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then that will be going right into another uh, beach season. And so you'll be able to uh, continue to develop and grow and, and market and scale. So I'll be excited to watch. And I just appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your mission.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, James. It was such a pleasure to be here.